Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 378. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I am so happy that you are here to join us today. And I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest, P.K. Odell. P.K. is a master feng shui consultant and executive director of the American Feng Shui Institute. I got that right, right? Yes. I was overthinking it, but I just wanted to make sure that I got it right. Listeners, maybe you're like me. I always say feng shui, but I wanted to make sure to, I mean, you can't talk to the executive director of the American Feng Shui Institute and say feng shui. <laughs> PK, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for putting up with my typos and gibberish, but welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be with you today. I am so happy to have you. I would love for you to share your journey with the listeners because I know, what did you say in our pre-chat? You've been 30 years in feng shui? Oh, no. It took me 30 years to figure out how to tell people how to pronounce my last name. Oh, your last name. Okay. I started getting the numbers confused. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brain mouth mix up. Yeah. I mean, it's only four letters, but they mess it up. It's like idle, but with an O. Odal. P.K. Odal. But in feng shui, I've been teaching for the American Feng Shui Institute since 1998. So this month is my 20-year anniversary teaching for them. And about five years ago, they made me the executive director. And I have been teaching students around the world how to do feng shui themselves or become feng shui consultants. However, I also do private feng shui consultations, both on-site and remotely, for residential and commercial sites. The thing is, if you want to study feng shui, that's great if you're going to be helping a lot of people with it. But would you go take acupuncture classes to try and treat yourself, or would you hire a professional? Oh, hire a professional, yeah. Yeah, so if you just want to have help with your feng shui and maximizing it, then it's better to hire a professional than to take classes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I have to share that in an earlier episode with Patricia Lohan, we were talking a little bit about feng shui. And at that point, I mean, and I think this was episode two or six of the podcast. And we're already on listeners. This is episode number 378. Wow. At that point in the recording journey, and in in the podcast journey, I was actually in a dark place because it was before the podcast had been launched, but my desk was pointing into the corner of the room. And as a result of that, I spun my desk around. So for the last two years, I've been looking out to the whole room. I have windows surrounding me. I'm not running myself into a corner all day, mentally and physically. And what I was discovered, and I'd love for you to jump into this more, is that it's a whole lot more than just space planning. Oh, most definitely. There's the energies in the room that can be treated with one of the five elements. If you put the wrong element in, you can actually trigger disasters. But speaking to putting your back to a wall so you're looking out in the room, I call that the Doc Holiday feng shui because he never put his back to the door for safety reasons. And that's one thing you can do is make sure you're supported with a wall behind you or even a window because our modern windows close and they become like a wall. But from your date of birth 
you have directions that are more supportive to you than maybe to another person. You have a set of 45 degree directions that come from your trigram of the I Ching that you're born into. And the feng shui I practice is the sister science to acupuncture, which are both based on the I Ching. And there's eight trigrams in that. So if your listeners want to know their trigram, I'll be happy to send them that. And you can give them my email later and they can just put trigram, T-R-I-G-R-A-M. I just need their first name, their date of birth and their gender to tell them what general directions support them to have their back. If they want to know the more precise directions, like what direction would you want to sit in if you're writing a blog or writing a book or doing anything creative, including your sales calls in business, that's your right brain direction. And then you have your left brain direction for editing your blog or for reading those contracts before you sign them, checking the details of a contract or your accounting. So those two directions are the deeper 15 degree directions that barely 5% of feng shui people in the world can tell. And I give that to all of my clients. Really? I am mm-hmm. so intrigued right now. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if I should ask this. And is this something you would be able to tell me while we're talking? I could, if you want to share your full date of birth with your listeners. Oh, I'm an open book. Okay. March 2nd, 1979. 1979. Obviously, I know you're a female. And that means you are a zun. You hate to sit still. You like to be moving. So, and when you get excited, you can get loud. So that's the key about your date of birth but east behind your back is your most restful direction north and south are more active directions for you so if you're sleeping with your top of your head pointing east you get a more restful night's sleep and if behind your back is either north or south then you're more achievement oriented but those are not your 15 degree directions i've actually helped students with attention deficit one family had Four children, all of them had varying degrees of attention deficit. When they listened to the feng shui consultation, it was so cute. They were all sitting around the dining room table, and I showed each one of them which way they should have their back pointing to do their analytical homework, like math and science. And all of their grades improved when they just started doing that. And that was over a decade ago, and now the oldest child is a mother of twins herself. Really? And they have these tools, they have these directions that they can find by just using a magnetic compass, whether it be a manual one you'd take out hiking or a compass app on your phone. Uh huh. Now, if you are using a compass app on the phone to find directions, you need to turn off True North. That's just for maps and driving. So you, you want to either turn off True North or choose Magnetic North, whichever one your compass app asks you to do, because we're, everything is based on the magnetics of Earth. Hmm. Well, my back is facing north. North is one of your more achievement-oriented directions. And when you lay down in bed, it's which way your crown, the top of your head is pointing, not which way your nose or your toes are going. Okay, I was going to cheat on that one. Yeah, my crown faces south. So I guess that's still okay. If it is in your most achievement oriented direction, you'll want to keep a notepad by your bed Mm -hmm. so you can just write down what you think up after you go to bed. And then you can say, okay, I'll I'll remember to do that tomorrow. Now I can go to sleep. Oh, I have that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a constant. It needs to be next to my bed every single Mm -hmm. night. And usually I'll fall asleep before my husband and he'll move my 
well, because I fall asleep in bed so many times with my notebook right there. I'll be mid thought <laughs> and he'll just he'll move it for me. Well, as soon as you write it down, your brain knows, OK, now I can remember it tomorrow and she can go to sleep. The Chinese have old saying that the weakest ink, like the ink in your pen, the weakest ink is mightier than the strongest memory. Mm. In other words, write it down. Oh, I love that. Oh, that could have been my tidbit at the end. (laughs) Well, it's going to be a a tweetable now. I realized that my sleep got so much better when I just started doing that because I would go to bed just overanalyzing and overthinking everything that I had to do the next day. But when I just started getting all those thoughts out, and even now it's expanded to, you know, I don't get troubled by many things in the day, but if anything's troubled me or I don't want to say or, but I also put down my gratitude. Yes. Every night. And oh. I sleep so much more peacefully now. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of going to bed thinking about what went wrong in the day, what about thinking about what went right? And then you get more of that the next day. Absolutely. Yes. Ooh. So how did you get into this? Oh, that's very good. I was the on-site travel agent for a shoe company called L.A. Gear. I worked for the travel agency, but in a private office within the L.A. Gear Company. They moved, they consolidated from three locations in near Marina del Rey, that's a part of California, and to one building by what's called Santa Monica Airport. And when they consolidated in that building, they didn't know that the building had so many floors available because it had a major feng shui problem. Neither did I, because I couldn't even pronounce it then or ne- had never heard of it. After LA Gear was in that building for three years. They basically went out of business. Their stock went to below $2 a share, and they sold the name for licensing purposes to some overseas company. And they took me out of my private office, put me in a reservation center. I was doing the same work in a chaotic environment with people talking all across the room. And within two months, I wanted to quit every day. And then someone in my workplace handed me a flyer for a bookstore. And on the flyer, I don't know why she handed it to me, but on the flyer, I saw the words feng shui. I saw Master Sang's beautiful Chinese face. And it said, your environment affects your entire life. And I went, I got to meet this man. So it luckily for me, I was blessed. It was that Friday night. I went and I met him and I got my first copy of the principles of feng shui, which is the textbook for our beginning intermediate class at the Institute. And I did what I could doing those basic correct steps for the apartment I was in at the time. And that was Friday afternoon. I completed everything by Sunday afternoon. Monday afternoon, I got a call from another president of a travel agency that I'd known from other things. And he says, I understand you're not happy being in the reservation center there. And I said, no, I want another on-site. And he goes, well, would you like to be recommended for the on-site at Creative Artist Agency? And I asked immediately, does it have a private office? Because some on-sites just are cubicles. He said, yes, in their own building in Beverly Hills. I went, oh, Beverly Hills. Is parking included? I thought that was important. He said, yes, in their own building. You don't know who Creative Artist Agency is, do you, PK? And I said, no. He said, it's one of the top talent agencies in the world. It was the most prestigious on-site position you could get in Los Angeles. Oh, 
my gosh. Yes. And that was Monday afternoon. He asked if I'd want to be recommended. I said, recommend me. By Friday afternoon, I'd gone through several interviews with various people at the travel agency I'd be working for. And at Creative Artist Agency, I met three. I met the head of the agency and two department heads and the head of the man I would report to. And I gave my notice less than one week after meeting Master Sang. Then I found out that was the fastest anyone had been hired for that position. I picked the book up and said, I need to study this stuff. Mm -hmm. 11 months later, I'm going to do feng shui full time. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. And they must have been shocked. I mean, yeah, I didn't tell them. I actually took another position with another travel agency, said I was going to be management so they wouldn't get mad at the travel agency for hiring me and then me quitting. I was saying I was furthering my career. Creative Artist Agency and the travel agency threw money at me. They were like trying to get me to stay. They were telling me all these perks I would get. But I knew what my goal was is to go do feng shui full time. And this other job was an interim to not get them mad at each other. And so I took this other position where I was going to be a manager, which I had been before. And uh, I knew it wasn't going to as they say, pan out. And within two months, they gave me a month's severance pay because they said this new office that they had hired me for wasn't going to open for another two years. And so they knew they had taken me away from Creative Artist Agency. And so they gave me a month's severance pay, which helped me launch my feng shui consulting business. Wow. PK, I don't know if you know, and I don't know if any of the listeners realize, I was an interior architect for a decade before losing my job and just life happened. And now I'm here. And I absolutely love this. As we've already discussed, feng shui is so much more than decorating interior design so much more. It was never even discussed in any of the offices that I worked on, though. And I did Mm -hmm. Um, huge hedge fund offices in Manhattan and Connecticut, you know, lots of money changing hands. But it was just never something that was discussed. And we all saw what happened in 2008, 2009, you know, just a lot of that type of agency going under. Now, I'm not saying that had they had feng shui elements inside that it would have been any different, but maybe you have a different opinion. Does this need to be really thought about in every space, home and professional that is being designed? You can think of it as another tool, another layer. Einstein said everything is energy. That's Mm -hmm. all there is. This is not philosophy. It's physics. Well, feng shui is not a belief system and it is not Chinese interior design because you don't have to love an Asian decor to put in the feng shui remedies in your house. Thank you. If a consultant like myself tells you to put metal in an area, it could be a beautiful metal table, a metal headboard, or it could be metal exercise weights as long as they're not covered in vinyl or felt because the remedies have to be able to interact with the air currents. Hmm. It's really called feng shui, which means wind, water. So when you say feng, you're saying wind in Chinese. When you say shui, you're saying water in Chinese. Really? Yes. Why would they name something that has to do with the energies in buildings and your environment? Wind Wind and water. water. Yeah, because they both have currents that move the chi, the life force energy that's all around us. Those are the two things that move the energy that's around us. And and it's also within us, too. We have chi in our body and the acupuncturists work on that with needles. The chi in your buildings, whether you own or rent, it's affecting you. And feng shui works on it simply with the five elements. There's no hanging crystal balls and mirrors in classical I Ching feng shui. 
Now, you were talking earlier about good elements that you can put in spaces and bad elements that you can put in spaces. And I know you said something about how you determine what the good elements are and the bad elements. Could you touch upon that? Okay. There are five elements that will be used as remedies. Mm -hmm. Water is one of them. That would be like a fountain, but not full of rocks. If your fountain is full of rocks, it's not really helping you. And then the next would be wood, would be live plants. But if you don't have a green thumb, you can use artificial plants with lots of green leaves on them. The next would be fire. And with that one, we use the colors to have it represented safely. So lots of reds or purples. And I actually have an article about not painting your door red. Even though the do-it-yourself books tell everybody to paint their door red, that is the worst choice for a door. Better in the short, better just to use a beautiful wood grain door or a nice neutral colored door. And then there's Earth would be next, which would, would be something that was ceramic, clay, marble, or stone. It could be marble bookends. It could be a marble top table. It could be a concrete statue of a beetle, a bunny, or a Buddha, whichever you like looking at. So, and then the last one would be metal. Metal is the most used remedy, and it can be beautiful metal statues, preferably not on an earthen base like a marble base and then the metal statue, preferably just the metal statue. It could be metal furniture. It could be wind-up clock with all the hundreds of moving gears or the weights that you either have to wind it up or you have to pull the weights down because that's moving metal and it's very strong. Or it could be, like I said, exercise weights. I have hundreds of clients that just get exercise weights and they camouflage them inside of a metal container. As long as that metal container is not lined, then it's metal on metal on the inside. The air currents are touching the metal on the outside, and you can have enough of your remedy there. Because the size of your remedies are relative to the size of your home or your office. So the offices that I did for a fashion line on Madison Avenue, the size of the remedies they need within their offices there are smaller than the size they need for the remedies in their factory in Sri Lanka, which I also did for them. Oh, wow. So how do you know which element you should put in? Or is there not a right? There's not a one size fits all, just like an acupuncturist wouldn't say that everybody needs needles in the same place. Mm -hmm. We have to examine the position of the building. What 15 degrees is it sitting in, meaning the side that's opposite the view or opposite the big public areas? And then when was it built? When was the energy created in there? So that will determine there's 216 possible energy combinations inside of buildings. And the feng shui consultant's job is to calculate that and then look at what's the current annual influence, which is why one year can be better or worse, even if you don't change any of your decor, and then tell you what remedies you need from year to year. For instance, so this year, no one should have fire colors in the north. If you have yeah, I'm actually what I'm doing is what's called floating the numbers. And that's the floating the annual energies on my fingers, which you can't see me doing it. So the north area this year, nobody should have fire colors in the north. It will cause accidents, delays, pain and illness. Now, in business, that can be delays in people hiring you, you completing projects or you getting paid for the projects. So oh. nobody that go look and find out where's the magnetic north in your house. So that's going to be zero degrees and 15 and 22 degrees on either side of it. 
And that whole area of your house should not have any fire colors in it. Now, I can't tell you what remedy to put in there because if I told you that and you didn't need it, it could actually backfire and and cause you pain and illness. So that's why I don't say everybody should do this in this area, but I can say get the fire colors out of the north and the... Oh, that's totally fine. I'm actually staring at... For years, I had a really nice red ergonomic chair that I was sitting in. And just this past year, I gave it to my son. It's still in my office. But now I'm thinking, okay, my husband has the same chair. He could actually use a nicer chair. He's on the south side of the house. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to swap out this red chair for his black chair. Yeah. And I do work remotely with people all around the world. So I can do the calculations and then meet them either on Skype or on an online meeting format. And they have the written report that they have printed out that I've sent them. And then we can go over it. But I have a a tip for everybody about clutter. Please. We all know that clutter can distract us and make it difficult to make decisions, but it also causes other problems. So currently, there are two directions that nobody should have clutter. This is either inside or outside, like a detached garage or a storage shed out in that direction. The first one is northeast, and that will cause many different things. It could cause bone pain. It causes financial setbacks, but it will also cause disobedient children. Oh, I'm over here laughing. Northeast mm-hmm. is my office. Mm-hmm. And that's where the disobedient children happen. <laughs> yeah. So just neat and tidy. It doesn't mean it has to be empty. It just means everything is neat and tidy. So, and the other one is Northwest. And that will prevent a Ooh. business from getting its name out into the world. Northwest in my house is the garage. And there's yes. clutter out there. It can also cause head problems like headaches and things. Mm. And... So that's why Northwest should also be kept clean and neat. But from your date of birth, you gave it to me earlier. The East is also important to you personally, keeping it clean and neat. Mm -hmm. Because it can cause, again, all three of them can cause financial setbacks, health problems on various parts of your body, or relationship problems of various kinds. That would explain a few things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Those directions also should not be missing in your house. So is your house a nice square or a rectangle? Or It's a rectangle. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, because if you were looking at it from the sky and it was just a nice rectangle or square, then it doesn't have any missing corners. Now, if less than one half of it stuck out, that would be considered extra. But if less than half of it is sunk in and the other, the part that sticks out is more than half, then you have what's called a missing corner. And when you have a missing corner, you have the same problems as if it was cluttered over there. And you need to connect that spot. And what you would do is picture where would that corner be if that wasn't a missing section. So you connect those two walls that would come up and make a corner. And at that exact spot out in your yard or on your patio, you would put a light that's on 24-7, preferably at least about five and a half feet up or taller. Or you would put a tall, solid bush like a cypress, something that's full and solid that would come up to about five and a half feet tall. That is basically you're anchoring the missing corner. PK, we just found out that we, our mortgage for our house just went through. We've been living here for four years. You better believe that we will be talking Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. I had no idea though. I mean, my office... We're recording this on a Tuesday, listeners. On Sunday, I 
mad clean the office because what happens is that the littles bring toys out here constantly. I mean, I'll be working out here in the evening sometimes and they'll bring toys out and or on the weekends or just anytime. I mean, it's attached to my house. We don't typically leave the door shut when I'm in here recording podcasts. So they'll just come out and I don't know what it is, but they just drop things. And over the course of the week, it will just accumulate and clutter. I actually wrote into my marriage vows with my husband that I would work on decreasing my clutter and I've gotten so much better at it. I'm not even joking when I say that. Like, I used to have piles all over. I'm looking at my desk right now and I have one stack of papers. But I don't consider this clutter compared to what I used to have. I would love to hear what your definition is. Is a stack of papers on my desk clutter? Not if you don't waste hours digging through it to try and find something. Oh, so no. that's what I call clutter is where you don't know what you have and you have to dig to try and find it. Then you definitely have a major cut clutter problem. But if just seeing the stack of paper makes you uncomfortable, then straighten it up and get the filing done. It's all a matter of how you feel when you're in it. Some people have to have a cottage type field or their home where every nook and cranny has something in it. Well, as long as that's neat and clean, then that's not a problem. But other people prefer minimalistic, like a Zen environment, and that's okay for them. It's about keeping things clean and neat where you're not wasting time digging through things. So like your closets, your closets don't have to be immaculately organized, but they don't want to be like a Lucille Ball episode where you open the door and everything falls out in your head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I have to admit right now on top of my dresser in my room is a huge stack of clean laundry that just hasn't been put away. And that would be a non-paper version of clutter in my house because I have to dig through and find what mm-hmm. I'm going to wear. That will get taken care of tonight. Okay. I'm so inspired right now. Thank you. I'm so happy, though, that when you were talking about wood, or uh, is that earth? No, wood and earth are separate. Yes? Yes. Wood is plants. Okay. So I was looking around my office when you were talking about that. I do not have any plants out here. And when you initially said wood, I was thinking, oh, I've got that covered. Wood floors. There's a wood desk over there. (laughs) And then you said plants. I was like, oh, okay. Yes. Our wood that is turned into something that's useful, like a door or furniture, is neutral unless it's painted a color. If it was painted green, then green represents wood. But if it's painted red, well, you've got the fire energy there, even though it's a piece of wood that's painted red, whether it's your fire extinguisher, which is a metal canister. But if it's painted red, that interacts with the room as fire energy. Hmm. Yeah. Now... This red chair has just been sticking out. I can't wait until, I mean, I. it's not that I can't wait until we're done chatting, but I can't wait until I go and I say, here, husband, mm-hmm. take this chair. Now, but if, if you do that and there's a space between when you said you wanted to call me or not, uh, monitor what's going on with him. So if anything goes awry, as you might say, after you put the red chair in his room, you might want to find another location for the red chair. Yeah, I can't really say that I want the red chair in my room, though, either. I'm really going to have to be creative with this red chair and find a new home for it. So what are some of the biggest pivotal moments that you've seen after you've used feng shui with your clients? Could you give any uh, case studies or just examples of what you've seen happen? I would love to hear. Yes, there's one 
and this is mostly about business on this call. So I'll tell you about one of the business owners. I had been gifted to him to feng shui his home by his mother several years before this incident happened. And so I'd been doing his home for quite a while. He had been running this company for an absentee owner for six years, and he finally bought it from the owner. And the only thing he knew he thought he changed was moved into the owner's office. And this happened in 2004. What he didn't know was that was an energy shift in feng shui. We go by 20-year periods. And so 2004 was the last shift. The next shift will happen in 2024. And when he bought the business, the energies in the building actually had shifted. And it had gone into what's called a money lock, L-O-C-K. So it's like all of a sudden there's like an invisible cone around the, the building that the money can't get into them. It's as if the vault doors had closed for them. And he called me up. He goes, PK, I bought the company. Now people are not paying us what they owe us. They're not booking new jobs. What's going on? All I did was change offices. Please, now that I own it, I want you to come feng shui it. So when I did the calculations on the building, I explained to him the money lock. I told him what remedy he needed to put outside to release the money lock. And when he did that, along with the remedies for the inside sections of the building, he called me up and said, it was one week later, he says, we just got a $45,000 check from someone who had stopped returning our calls and we've started booking. And that was in 04. In 09, he liked me to come over and go over his update with him and his crew so they could make the changes immediately. And in 09, he told me, PK, you know, when I bought the business in 04, we were doing about 700000 a year in revenue. We've already written $5 million for this year. Oh, my heavens. Mm-hmm. And now he has a second location in Orlando, Florida, because what he does is he makes floats for parades and things. And it had been around for decades here. And then he expanded it to make things for amusement parks. And he got so busy here. And then they wanted him to do things for the amusement parks in Orlando. So he opened a second location, which I have also feng shuied for him. Wow. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And that was in five years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it was a combination, because if I hadn't done the feng shui for him, the business wouldn't have survived. But then I did the feng shui, and then he did his expansion, and it all worked out. I want to know more about money lock. Like, I understand, but it's really that easy? It's that easy. Some buildings will go, like, I just did a, a home for some clients here in California, and the male in the couple works from home, and the female has her own office, which I'd already feng shuied for her. And the house was in a one-year money lock, but the house's overall energy was always difficult for making money. So if the house is already difficult for making money, and it goes into a money lock, that's the time that I see the houses go up for sale or the people move out because they don't have the funds to pay the mortgage. So that's a difficult situation. There's also something called a people lock. That means health and relationship problems. And sometimes it sort of comes as a one-two punch. One year it's got a people lock, so they're using up their money on all kinds of health and relationship issues. And then the next year is a money lock, and then they can't resupply their funds. And that's another reason why I can see homes go on the market. Can you predict these things? Oh, yes. I know when to tell my clients to put a remedy outside for the money lock. So here's something I will give your listeners, and it will help them bring more money. And this is outside of their homes, not inside. So outside in this time period, that's till 2024. 
If anybody puts outside water features, not like a drinking fountain size tabletop fountain, but a large one of 20 gallons or more, depending on the size of your house. So the greater size of your house, the larger you should get. And fountains should not be made out of concrete because that's earth blocking the water. They should not be full of rocks because that's rocks taking up the space where the water should go. So a good size container of clean moving water with a pump, then you don't have to worry about bugs growing in it. In the east outside of their house or the southwest outside of their house. That will do two things. It will release any locks that they have, whether it be a 20-year or a one-year money or people lock. It will also enhance prosperity for everybody that's living in that house or in if it's an office space. A lot of times in office spaces, you can't put the water outside. So then we need to look at the energy combinations inside and see where it's safe to put it. Because inside your house, if you follow the one-size-fits-all feng shui books and you put water in the north, which they tell everybody to do, you could be bringing gossip arguments and legal problems to yourself. So inside, you want to know for sure what your energy combinations are before you start switching up elements in there. So now that we're buying this house, our backyard faces the east. Mm-hmm. Good. So if you put a fountain out there, that would be great. And I can email you some nice fountains that are easily available on Amazon to be delivered to you so you don't have to create it yourself. Or I can coach you on how to make it yourself. I've made fountains out of simple garden containers that are large and then putting a what's called a container fountain kit inside of it. So if you get a resin garden container, like a large planters, I just made one for a friend of mine, it looks like a, a large urn that would be a planter, and we turned it into a fountain for her. I'm over here laughing, though, because my husband's wanted a fountain in our backyard for years, like for the whole time that we've lived here. Yay! Well, now that your kids are bigger, it's safe, uh-huh. too, because you don't want to put it underneath a roof. I had one client, they needed a large water feature outside of their business, so they put it inside of a box with just little slits in it, and the box was cutting off the water from the air currents. So I told them, you can do it, but I had another client, when she signed the lease on the warehouse-type area where it's actually a grow house, I've feng shui three different grow houses. And this one needed water outside of it. So she got it in her lease that she was allowed to have it as long as she put a cage around it. So she just got a dog's like large run cage and put the water feature inside of it. So she could easily get to it to clean it, but no one like other people could get into it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm very creative with my clients. This might be a, a smart A response, but we have a considerable size yard and there used to be a pool in the backyard. Mm-hmm. The owner before us, the one that we're buying from, mm-hmm. and we've been living here for four years, as I said, they actually took the pool out, but they left the pit there. Ah, So that's where my husband actually wanted to put the fountain. But what if we put a pool back in? If you put a pool back in, that is wonderful. And if it also extends to the southeast part of the house, uh-huh. then that's going to be actually bringing you money in from between 2024 to 2044 also. Well, heck yeah. Yeah. But before you put the giant pool in, Uh you might want to have the feng shui consultation to find out if that is necessary, but it won't do any harm probably. Now, your house is your formal type living room opposite the pool side of your house? Yes. Okay. So then your house is what's called facing the living room 
and sitting to the backyard, which most of us call it a backyard, but in some instances, the house is actually facing the backyard because there's a wonderful view back there that makes the property more valuable. So in those cases, it's sitting to the maybe the street and the driveway side and looking out at the view. Picture yourself living on on the ocean side of a highway that goes by the ocean. So if you're living on the ocean side of that, then your house sits to the street behind you and looks out to the ocean. But if you're living on the other side of that highway, then your house sits to what would be called the normal backyard and looks across the street to the ocean. I got you. Mm-hmm. So it's all about the sitting direction of the house determines the energy combinations. The only time the facing direction of something matters is when we're talking about gravesite feng shui, which I know how to do. Grave but Gravesite pref- feng shui. Yes, that's the two categories of feng shui that are I Ching based. One is yang house. That's Y-A-N-G. Yang house is for the houses we live and work in. And yin house is for grave sites, which affects three generations forward. And we've seen that. Things happen badly in the Kennedy family, in Bruce Lee's family, mm-hmm. martial arts. Mm-hmm. So you want to know what's going on at grave sites. One gentleman came to Master Sang and he says, you've done the feng shui at my home and my office, but I'm having terrible headaches and what's going on? So he checked the feng shui of his home and his office. He goes, nope, nothing's causing it here. Let's go check your father's grave site because his father had passed away a few years before and ants had gotten into the head area of the grave site. And that was what was causing for that particular son, the headaches. So in China, they have a tradition where after a certain number of years, they actually exhume the body, clean up the bones respectfully and do a ceremony of reburying them. And so it was good that it was that timing that was coming up so the son could. But the first thing they did was got rid of the ants around the grave site. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mean to be morbid, but when I die, I want to be cremated. Me too. Okay. I want to be planted as a tree. Oh. They have those urns now where you put the ashes inside this urn, and then you put a, a seed in there, and then you go plant it somewhere. That's so beautiful. Yeah. But, I mean, because there's no gravesite feng shui to worry about, do you need to worry about that when you're cremated? Okay. I don't mean to be naive here. I just had to ask. You know, it's a very good question. You would want the environment to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't want to go plant that tree in a desert where the tree is going to die. Right. Then it's just more environmental issues. So Master Sang jokes when he teaches us the um, yin house, the gravesite feng shui classes. He says, don't buy the plots that are close to the roads that go through the cemetery because you won't be rested. Mm. So there's many different things. So you want to be not too shady and you want to have a place where the bugs aren't going to want to be. And those are two main things that you can look at. But it goes down to according to the date of birth and when you put the body in and all kinds of stuff. So it's safer just to be cremated because then you don't have the effect on your children and their children and their children. Yeah, I'm thinking about my grandparents now. My parents Mm -hmm. are both alive. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed to say I don't know what my dad and stepmom are thinking. I know what my mom wants to do. And mm-hmm. my grandparents are all in the same cemetery, and I don't. none of them are near roads. But I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Wow. So also you want to make sure like their headstones and things don't get cracked because it could be that the intern casket and it, the vault, right? they may have been cracked too. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to have cracks running through it. Hmm. 
even if it's a sidewalk nearby that's got a crack in it. The cracks around your house, that's another good point. In your house, you have directions from your date of birth. One is called your injury direction, and that can cause relationships to split apart or your skin to split apart, which includes bleeding. So nobody should have cracks or thorny plants or broken things like glass in your house in those directions. So you check around and make sure, even if it's in the back of a closet, if the crack is there and it's in your injury direction, then you're going, why do I keep getting injured here? Repair the crack or remove the thorns or take away the broken glass and the injuries will cease. Now, every year there's annual injury direction. So not only do you have your personal 15 degree degree direction for injury. But this year, everybody should avoid cracks or thorny things or broken things in the south because that can cause bleeding injury. If you can't get rid of the cracks or thorns, then you can put a fountain between your building and those cracks or thorns. But if it's a plant, you could, you know, dig up the plant and move it. If it's cracks, oh, sidewalk cracks. I used to try and repair them with concrete repair kit and it would just dry and pop out. And then I discovered this new product called Flex Seal. And now it comes in a can. It's liquid rubber and you get the clear one. It works wonders for filling in concrete cracks in your driveways or your walkways. And also if you prefer, you know, you did interior design for office space. What if they preferred the exposed concrete floors, which one of my clients who's an international interior designer, Barbara Berry, loved in her office, but it had cracks in different areas. I said, Barbara, just put a sealant on there. You can still see the floor, but the cracks are no longer a feng shui problem for you. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. You've got my mind spinning over here. And this is the tip of the iceberg. With feng shui, there are a lot of things you can see with your eyes, but there's much more underlying that you have no idea how it's affecting you, but it is affecting your money, your health, and your relationships. Yeah. You got my mind spinning right from the beginning with disobedient children. I mean, I love my children to bits, but they've each got their challenge. I mean, I think all children have a -hmm. challenge. And uh, yeah, you've got my mind spinning, and I know you've got the minds of the listeners spinning, too. Where can they learn more and get in touch with you? Well, they can go to Feng Shui Advantage. That's F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I Advantage.com forward slash articles. And they can find tons of articles there they can read. And, of course, from there, the, the other tabs for my website are there for them to learn about consulting services and other things like that. Now, if they would like me to send them their trigram, like I told you from your date of birth on the call, just send an email to pk at com and put the word trigram, T-R-I-G-R-A-M in the subject line and give me their first name, their gender, and their date of birth. And I can email them back not only what directions are best for sleeping and their general directions for working and where to keep it clean and uncluttered, but also what colors are more positive for you to wear because they support your energy. For you, the colors are blues and blacks because those are water that feed your wood because you're the hard wood that we could build our buildings out of. Personally, I'm the soft wood that we make models out of. But so both of us wearing blues or blacks actually are like 
wearing water to feed our nature. And then when we wear colors of greens that go good with our skin tone, we're wearing our own element. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And your logo's blue. I know. I was just thinking about that. That is my favorite color. The turquoise is my favorite color. I'm looking at a picture of you in blue, and I'm wearing blue right now. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I will only buy turquoise tops. Mm -hmm. I think it drives my kids crazy, but it makes me happy. So I'm like, it makes my dressing easy. And then black. Turquoise and black are all I buy for tops now. Mm Mm-hmm. That, and you're, because you're wearing your element. Yeah. And I live in blue jeans and in black slacks. So, mm-hmm. but now this is not for your decor. So some people will take this information and go, oh, if say for some people, fire colors are good for them. So them wearing a red tie or a red jacket would be good for them. But if they take that into their home and decorate their home with the colors, then it will backfire on them. Mm. Because fire colors, you really need to know what's the energy combination before you put it in there. I had one real estate agent when I went to her house. She had a gorgeous royal purple bedspread, a whole outfit, but it was causing her the accidents, delays, pain, and illness that year. So I told her, put it in a vacuum bag, put it under the bed out of sight because as long as the fire colors are out of sight, there's no problem and get a different thing color bedspread for this year and put in the right element. And then she started signing deals again because nothing was happening for her that year. What color should I be putting in then? We're about to get a new bedspread. Well, either get a neutral color uh-huh. or wait to buy the bedspread till after you talk to me if you wanted that okay. consultation you mentioned. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Listeners, there will be a follow-up because yeah. we're going to have to do a follow-up after the closing and after we have some time, because I yeah. actually also want to do an addition. I'm ready for my own bathroom. Listeners, <gasps> I've got five kids. My older boys have a bedroom in the basement. They refuse to use the bathroom down there. So there are seven of us living out of one bathroom now. Ah, Well, the good thing is get the water in the east. Yep. That will help you get the funds in. But before you do the uh, addition, make sure we work on the feng shui part of it. Because when you put it on an addition, you're changing the energetic grids of the house. Mm-hmm. And you may be adding a door or a window. Because from your date of birth, you have positions that doors and windows are good or bad for you. And with seven people in the house, one window may bring you money, but make your husband or one of your children spend it. <sighs> I don't need five kids spending it. Yes. So that's what I look at when I'm looking at a house or even an office space. Is the door in a position that's going to bring you money or is it going to bring make you spend money? Is it going to bring you friends that send you referrals and help you out or is it going to bring you backstabbers? So all of this information, your children are going to have two pages for their date of birth where they can find these directions on in any building that they go from their first dorm rooms. I know you don't want to think about that yet, but their first dorm rooms till their retirement homes. Even if they retire in Bali, it's all based on magnetics. Hmm. Oh, I'm so intrigued. Mm-hmm. I know that didn't really give the whole power of it, but oh my gosh. Oh, I can't wait. It'll help your kids study better because they'll have those directions for their right brain for creative projects and their left brain for the analytical homework. Oh, my gosh. School ends for my two next week. As of the date of this recording, school Mm -hmm. ends next week. And I have one who just told me last night, or I actually didn't even find out from him. I found out from my ex that he has a project due tomorrow, which he had barely started on yesterday. 
Mm. We need to talk about that one. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing, listeners. My kids are amazing. It's just this one in his schoolwork, not quite. Could be the energies in his bedroom because every building has at least two sections that have an energy that cause delays and procrastination. Mm. That can lead to clutter or that can lead to projects not getting done until right on the deadline. Delays and procrastination, that basically summed him up, actually. Yeah, I would Mm -hmm. not be at all surprised. Listeners, if you are driving or working out and you weren't able to write down the links, I just want to let you know, you can go to thekimsutton.com forward slash pp378 to get PK's email address and where you can go to learn more. I just want to make sure that you're not trying to write down it or getting frustrated because you can't remember, but it will be right there. TheKimSutton.com forward slash PP378. PK, this has been completely enlightening and I can't wait to continue this conversation. The listeners, I'm just telling you right now, be prepared. It could be another 365 episodes out considering it's a daily show. And uh, I do want to see what we can do around here before we bring you back on. Like I would love to implement and just be able to be one of your awesome success stories like look what happened so just stay tuned you will see pk back (laughs) sorry pk that wasn't an invitation oh (laughs) it was and it wasn't (laughs) that's okay i would be delighted to talk to you that sounded so rude i didn't mean it like oh no anytime anyone has a feng shui question i'm always happy to answer it because that's my mission is to preserve the ancient Chinese science of feng shui, not the one-size-fits-all books you'll find in the popular. Yeah, the popular bookstores. Yeah, yeah. The one-size-fits-all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never even picked any of those up. You're good then. <laughs> yeah, I always just had so much other stuff I was trying to do, and I, I just didn't, well, it sounded Chinese to me. Mm-hmm. I, that sounds so bad, but I just really wasn't interested in picking up a new language when I had just barely gotten through my own education and then it's just yeah my career shifted and I'd never gone back Mm -hmm. thank you again so much for coming on I have enjoyed every single second of this thank you I have enjoyed it also and I look forward to talking to you again yeah me too do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners early on when I started studying with Master Sang he's the one that was chosen to work on the Beijing Olympic sites He always would say, do remember, do remember. He never said, don't forget. He would say, do remember. So I have brought that into my life and it makes things easier for me to remember. One year I was looking for a 1099 and I spent eight hours looking for it. And then the next day I was thinking, wait a minute, I know I put that somewhere. I kept telling myself I can't find it. And then I shifted and started telling myself I could find it and I could remember where it was. And I went back to a place I had looked probably three times the night before. And there it was. So drop the word can't and drop the word don't. Because there's always a more positive way you can say things. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. (laughs) 